Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Passion drive and patience what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The way they were connecting downfield was after the first two games where it felt like on the perimeter they were handling one-on-ones pretty well. And the issues at cornerback were them busting like zone rules, right? Like zone rules and stuff. The thing where you're, where you're not covering a guy one-on-one, you're just kind of busting combinations and stuff. I, after I made a big deal about how ah, Mike Jackson and, and, and Tariq Wilner are handling one-on-ones pretty well. This game was like, well, it was both. It was, I, I wouldn't, I was, wouldn't say the opposite. It was both. They were losing one-on-ones finally. Yeah. And they were also busting some, some zone combinations. Um, and then they kind of, they kind of batten down the hatches a little bit, like especially when they were when they were playing um, quarter quarter half the, the the nickel, and the the perimeter corner side. They were kind of finally getting like chemistry with each other, passing off in breakers and outbreakers and stuff like that. Um, but so they were just losing downfield. I mean, Mike Jackson had good play they were competitive on them but like that one uh that one player streaming across the field on the crosser or the race route three cool and just loses it you know loses on his leverage basically um, um how, how did you view that actually because he aligned so far outside that's a tough like i know he's athletic yeah. well but that's, it's, it's just a tough in a bad I, I felt he could have tightened up slightly you still want to be outside leverage but i felt he was yeah. like he was like four yards outside just like Okay. Yeah, it, it it was a bit much, and then there was that one like play action. Was it a sluggo uh, on Mike Jackson down yeah, the right well, side? Yeah, like, almost like a fake stalk block. Um, right. I don't know what to call it, like a triangle almost, but yeah, two sides triangle. Yeah. And then there was you know Josh Jones losing a one on one in the end zone. Um, there was uh, the the third and eighteen or third and nineteen explosive they gave up where Josh Jones it could not close on that that route even though he's playing cover two, you want to be able to be competitive on those routes into the hole. 
but then also Tariq Woolen didn't get deep enough, right, on that one. So that's kind of like a zone rule bust. Um, all, all these things happening, those are situations where last year when they really started playing good defense, they just were not giving up. They weren't losing the one-on-ones in similar enough calls or even the exact same calls. They weren't busting zone rules. That's why they were they gave up like the sixth fewest explosives last year. That's why in the intermediate they were the the second least targeted defense in the intermediate. Nothing was open. They were just they were doing it. And so like why have they regressed? Well, from you know, I, I draw that line of demarcation at you know week six last year, week six and on. They were because that's when they adapted the scheme, tweaked the scheme. That's when they started playing better. Um, there were seven guys that played in the secondary that got significant snaps, you know, excluding the guys that played like a one game replacement, like Mike Jackson was one of those, um, or Josh Jones, but excluding guys like, well, Mike Jackson and, and Josh Jones, there were seven guys that played significant snaps. They were Quandre Diggs, Jamal Adams, uh, DJ Reed, of course, um, Trey Brown, Sidney Jones, and Ryan Neal. So there were seven of them. And of those seven guys, they have only have one guy on the field right now for 2.75 games of three games. Uh, even going into week one, they only had two, and that was Jamal. And then he has a season-ending injury after like the second drive, so or in the second or third drive. So that's why they've – I mean, that that's why they have – I think that is a huge explanation for why they're just – they're missing things downfield because mm. they just weren't missing it. Now, well, well also, Griff, just their general inexperience, right? Like, well, Tariq so, Woolen is young. Like, you, you, you've got young guys up front as absolutely. well. Absolutely. Well, um, and, 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 and I think up front, the uncertainty in the language change has, has is showing up. Like, players are – they're just a touch slow, which matters, right? Uh, absolutely that's huge like there is like the like we mentioned last or i think on the recap pod for this game like even if the rules are the same language being different can how you know that that can that's still a a thing that you need to nail down with communicating everything but so to the point so the reason why like our i mean the starters we all thought was probably going to be sydney jones and artie burns and if they were healthy if sydney jones didn't unfortunately get concussed Artie Burns didn't pull his groin or whatever his strain is groin that left him out for a month. They'd probably be out there. Sidney Jones, the last six, seven, eight weeks of the season last year, was playing statistically almost as well as DJ Reed was. Like he was very good last year to end the season. But to your point about Tariq Willem being young, Sidney Jones' first three weeks playing in Seattle's defense last year was horrible. He had to get himself going. So Tariq Willem is out there right now. I think partly out of necessity, but there are long-term aspirations here. And they're, I think they're opening themselves up to having issues in the short term, the same deal with Kobe Bryant. So they moved him to nickel, like halfway through preseason, not even camp, but preseason. And they shipped Ugo Amadi out of here. And I think they knew what they were giving up, but like we know Ugo good in zone, bad in man, Kobe Bryant was showing real signs of life in man. Can he learn the zone stuff? The answer is probably yes, but in the short term, it might be rough. It, currently, it is. In the long term, it could be even better than Ugo, right? Mike Jackson, I think long-term speaking, and, and Maddie, I'd like to hear your thoughts there, probably a serviceable system corner in a perfect world. I think maybe they insert Sidney Jones in the perfect world. Trey Brown's 100% healthy and raring to go, and he's the guy. 
Mm. Um, but and then and then certainly Josh Jones is not only a step down from Ryan Neal, a step down, a even bigger step down from Jamal Adams. So, like, I mean, yeah, the the, the talent, especially say Woolen, is definitely there, but there, you're still not the the complete player yet. So I think it's still fair to say Tariq Woolen isn't as good as you know the the immediate alternative but the immediate alternative can't play because they've been hurt yeah yeah other than woolen's other than two massive plays but other than his uh, getting beat on the crosser which is against his leverage anyway even if i did think he lined slightly wide and uh, and then the cover two play that we talked about in the post-game podcast where which pete carroll also agreed with us on uh Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. He, I thought was really good, like technically and and, and that's and why execution Pete, wise, and that that's why Pete is chilling right now. That's why I mean he's probably. And Pete said it too. Pete said yeah. I thought this was his best game. It's something which doesn't show up on the broadcast, but he played really well. And then, funny enough, like they had a rough like first first half, right? Well, particularly first quarter in coverage, and then the corners cleaned it up. Like Mike Jackson started playing more confidently mixing the coverages in helped a, a tiny bit more but they were still playing a lot of middle field close the other thing which helped them obviously is when you can't stop the run the team's going to keep running it like there's no yeah. reason to risk a pass so right i don't know I, I think jackson's okay he just had a tough like again just inexperienced he's up against a crazy mismatch so he, he can't play press like i saw people saying like why why are they playing off guys so much well they're trying to mix it up a bit but also I think Jackson prefers pedaling than playing press. I, I think that's what we've seen from him. Also, like, you know, it's it's Drake London. Like, he, that is a height, weight, speed mismatch. And he, he did well in, in certain circumstances with that as well. Uh, it's funny because all the talk of aggressive coverage, like, and, and that uh, that sort of thorny word, the complicated word, they're running cover three match, right? They're like the Fangio version of Rip Liz, which... Uh, Coach Vass has done, um, which I'm sure you're all familiar with, but he did a uh, great video on on the subtle differences between that and Nick Saban's edition. But basically, they're running Rip Liz, and which means you're playing uh, the both. Uh, how do I? Phrase? Both slot defenders are playing man on the number two receiver up and out, so the slot receiver, uh, and it basically plays out to the to most people's eyes like on the broadcast it looks mostly like cover one all the time uh and it's funny because that's hurting it hurts the linebackers like the, the inside linebackers there are certain plays here where if they're playing seattle's old system of cover three the ball doesn't get thrown or it's an interception uh right. so right. there's, like, there's like... never the right answer in football but all of the falcons beaters were designed for seattle's new way of playing cover three and when, when they got that look so so it it, it makes sense that when they did go over the middle, which was very little this game, actually. But it was when they were in, for the most part, in cover three. Um, that's because, like, well, their linebackers are just hugging the check down now, and we're just going to beat the corner or the slot defender, you know, with, with an inbreaker. When they did play too high zone, not a lot was going on over the middle because 
the linebackers were getting their depth, they're peaking routes, they're they're relating to the route right. I thought Jordan Brooks especially actually had a really good game. Like they yes. threw they, okay. they they threw dagger out this game quite a few times and he was just on it. He knew exactly which route would be breaking. He tailored his depth to it. Um it was one of those games where like if they if they played really well overall, mm. I would have been geeking out on what Jordan Brooks did, but it's hard to do that when everything else was so well, shitty. I should say, I should say, everything else was shitty for a lot of the time, right? But there were yeah. moments of really good football, and there's moments where you're like, "Damn, they, they're going to stop the Falcons here!" Like watching it back, like, uh, they're, yeah. they're, and then there's a big play or there's a penalty. Like they ha- they allowed eleven explosives, and m- none of them really were scheme. Uh, well. That's that's complicated as well, but I'd say most of that you can apportion to individual errors, which come from an unfamiliarity with the scheme, an unfamiliarity with pro football in general, right? And then, you know, also just just uh, trying so, too hard to make something happen, right? So, so you, yeah, go ahead. Well, I I don't know where <laughs> I was going with it. Well, but, but, okay. So to your point about talking about showing signs of life and how I just criticized you know, like busting zone rules for the end of the game, Tariq Woolen and Kobe Bryant had some reps handling combination routes to, to a cover two side where Kobe Bryant is playing the vertical hook and, and Tariq Woolen has to be cognizant of what can be going on uh, in, on top of him and still be able to play something in front of him. Uh, they had some reps where it looked eerily similar to the chemistry that DJ Reed and Ugo Amadi had passing off routes Kobe Bryant's like, okay, I'm I'm carrying the number two receiver. Now I'm passing him off. I'm dropping my hips because I see the number one receiver drop his hips. So now I'm ready for it. Tariq falls off seamlessly. He's got underneath coverage on the out route. Quandary Diggs has coverage on top of it. It looks perfect. Even an example of that is the, the play that Tariq Woolen had the interception on to end the half. That's a perfect example there. Also, I'd say you also had Jordan Brooks sinking to the depth of the dig route um because they had three three routes in the pattern so it was like perfect zone coverage from everyone involved zone match coverage in fact so yeah they have signs of life the 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 raw talent at least from Tariq and Kobe is there um I think that's why Pete is just like this isn't good but we're just going to keep repping this they're going to keep learning their rules and the talent and then those spots where there is talent is eventually just going to rise to the top and and and, and will catch up or the, the the technique and the experience will catch up to the talent rather and that's why Pete is so relaxed um yeah. that said I don't they got to do something with Josh Jones I feel like is that too rushed to say it's just he isn't doing anything right I think that's too so, rushed okay. I I I think give him I another know. game watching it, I think I think watching it back I think he was fine I didn't I didn't get as much negative stuff he's just out there you know um <laughs> i think it might come together a bit more but it's just a, i think it's partly a chemistry thing as well 